This meditation is based upon Luke chapters 1 verses 46 through 56. It is also known as the Magnificat. Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary remained with Elizabeth about three months and then returned to her home. This passage comes right after the visitation where Mary and Elizabeth greet each other and the infant leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And now Mary proclaims her wonderful Magnificat. Rejoicing at the infant in her womb. And we hear this simple phrase Mary said. There is something so powerful about the spoken word. We know that in the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. Mary speaks and as she speaks she proclaims the greatness of the Lord the wonderful things that God is doing in her life and for the entire world and the entire course of history this is a form of praise for all of us when we pray out loud when we speak as Mary did, we praise God. And we make those interior thoughts, reflections, feelings, emotions, we make them exterior. And when we speak, they then take place within our world. And so as Mary speaks, her word is not only now in her heart, as she had pondered and been pondering God in her heart, but her word is now spoken out into the world. And as she proclaims the greatness of the Lord, she shares this rejoicing. And so now this rejoicing is no longer simply inside of her, but it is being shared. And it's being shared not only with Elizabeth and with those around her and with the entire world. She's sharing this out loud with God 
Something becomes more real when we speak it out loud and when we speak it out loud to God. And I'm going to invite you to do that as a part of your prayer today. As we meditate on the Magnificat, on Mary's proclaiming the greatness of the Lord, I want you to realize, too, that the Lord has also done great things for you. And for each one of us, when we speak it out, when we proclaim it, as Mary did, we can then enter even more deeply into this encounter with our Lord. So let's begin with the first phrase. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Realize that you have a soul. We have this deepest, most beautiful, most precious part of us. And our souls at their deepest are able to be in union with our Father. When our souls are at union with Him, we experience the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. We too, like Mary, can proclaim the greatness of the Lord. Because each and every one of us has had some kind of encounter or experience of Him. When I hear the phrase, the greatness of the Lord, I think about the awe and trembling that we often hear about with God. I think about the greatness of nature, the power of crashing waves, the vastness of of mountains, the explosion of lightning and thunder. It gives me some sense of the greatness of God. And again, it's one thing to experience it, but it's a whole nother thing to speak it. It's a whole nother thing to speak it out loud, to share it or to journal it. But especially to speak it out loud to God, our Father, to proclaim his greatness. And we hear Mary say, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Her too, her spirit, the depth of her is able to rejoice that she is being saved. She has received the Savior and she's carrying him in her womb. So even though the rest of the world is unaware of God, the Savior in her womb, she knows who she is carrying And she also knows what this means for her. But as she will become the the mother of the church, the mother of the world. And when she realizes that, the vastness of that, she instantly becomes humble. And she says, For he has looked upon his lowly servant, Hopefully we all have that humility about us that when we see the things of God or realize what he has done for us, 
we realize our lowliness or our unworthiness for his love. And yet in that humility is right where he wants to meet us. So Mary saw herself as a lowly servant. And in this humility, God came to her. We often think that we have to do great things to receive God. But oftentimes it's in the humbleness, in our littleness, in our weakness, that he desires to meet us. And it was in this state, as a lowly servant, that he came to Mary and entrusted himself to be carried by her. And Mary realizes that this is not just about her, but that all generations will call me blessed. And when we have experiences of God, when you have these encounters with him in prayer, they're not only going to affect you. God is going to transform you in such a way that this experience that you're having is going to transform you in such a way that other people will be impacted by this. And Mary realizes that, that all generations will call her blessed. And then she continues on with the Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. So even though she realizes that this is for all generations, there's also something very personal about it as well, that the Almighty has done great things for her. I want you just to take a moment and realize what the Almighty has done for you. First, the reality that he came into the world to free you of sin. But what does that look like concretely in your life? What have been some of the struggles that he has saved you from? What have been some of the sins that he has freed you from? And realize that the Almighty has done great things for you. And holy is his name. God's name is so holy that when we speak it out, it sanctifies us. She continues on with this litany of how good God is. And the next quality that she mentions is mercy. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. One of the qualities that I love most about our God is his mercy. And in his mercy, he desires to love you unconditionally. In his mercy, he does free you from sin. 
In his mercy, he does help you to live the life that you are called to be. It's merciful for him to do this to us and for us. And Mary, too, realizes it's not just going to be her, but for every generation. I like that she mentions, too, for those who fear him. I think it's important that we understand what is meant by fear, especially when it comes to fear of God. Now, first and foremost, it's important to understand that God is almighty. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And when we stand before God, who is all of this, it's terrifying in a sense. Like it is when you look at the great sky and the vastness of the stars. You ever done that and just been terrified or in awe at how profound it is? That gives us a glimpse or an understanding of the fear and terror of God, that he's so awesome, so amazing, so beautiful, so far beyond anything that we could understand that it causes us to look with fear. And that's a healthy fear. It's not a a fear of... In some ways, we need to have this reverent awe in fear of God as a, a humility check to realize that He is God and we are not. And if we have that understanding in place to begin with, It really helps. It helps us understand that God is the powerful one. God is the one who is the Savior. And you're not. And so in a sense, it can relieve us and help us to understand who God is to us and to the world. And the wonderful thing is, in the same phrase in context she says mercy he's merciful on those who fear him in every generation and because she starts with mercy i think we can look at all the rest of these qualities that she expresses after this as being held in that context he has shown the strength of his arm so this all-powerful god is strong he's not weak I don't know, sometimes I think that we we believe that God's not capable of doing anything in this world, that he just stands by on the sidelines, when in fact, he's strong. And in that strength of his arm, he scatters the proud time and time again in their conceit. He casts down the mighty from their thrones and lifts up the lowly. So not only does he break down the barriers of those who are strong and in control, but he lifts up the weak and the lowly with that same strength. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. So so even though in those times 
Mary wasn't experiencing that yet. She knew that that's what God does. He fills the hungry with good things, and he sends the rich away empty. And then she says, he has come to the help of his servant Israel, his chosen people. For he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. So this idea of mercy over and over and over again is promised and fulfilled and promised and fulfilled. God wants you to experience his mercy. Let yourself now in the rest of this prayer meditation be consoled by Mary, but also be comforted by our merciful Father who wants to be tender with you, who wants to strengthen you, who wants to fill you and meet all of your needs and desires. And let yourself just experience this in the depth of your heart. And then after you have spent your time in silence, I invite you to speak out loud your own Magnificat. What can you say to proclaim the greatness of the Lord? How can you rejoice in God your Savior? What are the great things that he has done for you? Speak them out loud to God and let your Magnificat be real.